Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving, where we give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McInniff. I am here with Janet. Janet, what is going on? It was little snow flurries this morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like my snow. Absolutely. I think. But uh, you didn't have to plow it. It was not plowable, but they were still. Uh, it was slippery. Still, they were still shoveling outside <laughs> my condo, which which was very nice of our vendors to do. So Yes. But, you know, if we were in another part of the country, most people wouldn't know how to drive in this type of snow. So it is, it is, it gets, it gets very, uh, I don't know. I think, I think because we had a, uh, a late winter so far, knock on wood, that uh, nobody remembers. How nobody to drive remembered how to drive. I yeah. saw too many slipping and sliding people. But, anyways, uh, if uh, for for people that are out there, we're putting up YouTube videos. Go check out us on YouTube, Caregivers, uh, the Caregivers Toolbox. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, if you want to be a guest, we'd love to have some more guests on. Um, reach out to me at Get Big Red on Twitter. Or you can email me at ryan at mwhomecare.com. Happy to communicate that way for people that are more comfortable with email. And finally, if you do have uh, more questions or you want to read more blogs or you want to get more information in general, reach us at mwhomecare.com. That's our website. Anyways, now with that taken care of, Janet, what are we talking about today? Well, this is one of those conversations that gets it is hard for us and it's hard for clients and it's why does the care take so long and why can't I get a caregiver to come for less than an hour? Yeah. You know, and it it's one of those things that I I know how long it takes a caregiver to safely do things the way they're trained and there are many families that think, well, I can take a shower and brush my teeth and get out the door in half an hour. Why can't the caregiver do that with mom or dad? Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. And I also was, you know, I wanted to be really, really careful in this uh, in this segment that I don't sound defensive, like my people need more time. We're worth every penny. Um, but the reality is I went looking through. I Googled. I figured, you know, there's so many times people say, well, I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go look online. Sure. And I Googled, I can't tell you how many articles to try and find out how long should it take? Because I figured that's the kind of question somebody might ask. You can't find an answer to that. And um, I did find in one article, it was talking about the cost of caregiving and how some agencies have minimum hours. But then it put in a line that says, and this is generally due to staffing. Well, that's not entirely untrue because staff want to work longer hours. They have bills to pay, that kind of thing. But the reality is it takes more time than we generally think to do basic personal care with someone. And, uh, you know, if you have a, a mom or dad at home and you can't get, you think it could be done really quick, but you can't get them to do it, you think a caregiver can come in and do that for you, but it shouldn't take that long. Well, the caregiver is going to run up against some of the very same roadblocks that you are. And also you've got people that are declining, and we understand this. And when I do training classes, you know, we go through the fact that these people have done studies and there are 300 steps to brush your teeth. 
Well, we don't think about that. We get out the toothbrush and the toothpaste and we brush our teeth and we move on and done. But we have to work with the skills. We have to understand that the elderly person may be trying to remember the 300 steps to brush their teeth. Sure. And they got lost after the 150th step, so they're slowing down. And also, someone's personal care, especially dressing, is one of the the remaining independent things that many people can do as they're declining. And I say it over and over again. The, oftentimes, the only difference between a 2-year-old and an 82-year-old is their height. They are very same in personalities. They want to pick out their own clothes. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to wear plaids and polka dots. You know, you go through that kind of a thing. And with a lot of elderly people, they want to be able to dress themselves. Yeah. But maybe they've got arthritis. Maybe they can't balance themselves to put a pair of trousers on, that kind of thing. We're trained to do that, but we also... You will read in articles one of the keys is not to rush someone. And that's where it ends up taking more time. And you think, well, take mom down the hall with her walker, have some breakfast, take a shower, have her dressed, and then she should be good for the day. Well, with the walker, it could take Nana 10 minutes to get down the hall just to get to the kitchen. And then you've got to do the steps. And they want their independence. They want to do it the way they can do it. You can't rush that. And when you rush someone, they get anxious. They're going to dig their heels in, and it's not going to happen. So that, a lot of times, is the where the battle comes in. So the idea of taking a bath and eating breakfast and being all done in an hour – Try try and do that with some two-year-olds and see what kind of luck you have. You have yeah. trouble getting them out of bed. And you don't have moral authority over an adult like you do with a, a two-year-old, right? Like, yeah. you know, you're you're the superior in that relationship. And when you're caring for an older adult, usually a parent or an aunt or an uncle that's seen you naked, changed your diaper and helped raise you. Exactly. All of a sudden you can't talk the same way to a two-year-old as you would talk to your 95-year-old mother. Exactly. When your parents become your kids in any way, shape, or form, it's it's a whole tug of war in your brain. Yeah. You know, they're dealing with maybe some memory loss. You're dealing with, oh, my God, I've just become my parents' parent. Yeah. And, and that's th- a hard thing. And I think what, what the other thing that Janet mentions on trying not to be defensive is that, um, you know, we have situations that come up regularly where people are looking for, you know, h- half an hour of care or – or even an hour of care. And we, we always try to accommodate that because, again, I've said in podcasts before on the business side, the more people that are happy with our services, the more people will talk about us, the more referrals that we'll get. So you never know when that hour uh, case five times a week or seven times a week, seven hours a week, which isn't a big money-making case for us. But you never know where that case will lead to a 12 or a 24-hour case or an ongoing live-in because in the same neighborhood or the same social or business circles, people get talking and then our name gets passed around. So that's that's not necessarily what Janet's referring to. It's it's more or less that, you know, it it can take a long, a lot longer than people realize to get things moving. If you have, let's say you have 10 or, or, or 20 tasks you need to do in the morning before you get, got to get out of bed. You got to, you got to make the bed. Then you got to get 
into the shower and then you got to get cleaned and then you have to use the toilet then you have to brush your hair then you have to uh, uh, brush your teeth and you have to put dry it out off and then you have to put on your clothes and then you have to go to the kitchen to make coffee and then you make coffee then you have to make breakfast and then you get to sit down but wait you got to go get the paper outside <laughs> and you got to come in people don't think about that but there's 20 tasks right there during the day even though you and i can completely don't even think about that right because right. it's except for the the book jan and i read called make your bed right yeah um, <laughs> but if you think that each one of those tasks whatever that whole situation would take somebody maybe if, uh, with a shower and getting ready f- half an hour to an hour depending on how quick you are right yeah. maybe maybe well, well what if each when one you of have those to do your hair yeah, if you got to do your hair and makeup, obviously that takes longer than being a guy with no hair. <laughs> That's right. That just that with a shaved head. I don't have any shaved head. Uh, <laughs> but no you hair. have a beard. So. Um, but anyways, my point being is that if you add five minutes to every single one of those tasks mm-hmm. and you have 20 tasks to do a day. Mm-hmm. Because each one's taking five minutes longer than what it normally would have taken 20 years ago when they were 60 instead of 80. Just added on 100 minutes. You know what I mean? And it, yep. it takes – there's another – there's an additional hour and a half that it takes to do things. Now, it might not take an extra five full minutes to brush your teeth, but it might take 20 extra minutes to take a shower. You know what I mean? And I'm yep. just saying it might level, even out at like an extra five minutes to do things. That type of stuff adds up. And the other thing I wanted to bring up that, that I was thinking about while you were talking was when – Family members can get away with doing things that caregivers cannot. And what I mean by that is you can take some shortcuts. You know the intricacies of your household and what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. While a caregiver, in our training that we give them and orientations and when we talk with them, supervisory visits is to make sure they go slowly and to make sure that the client is safe and to make sure that they are thorough. Mm -hmm. And so – you're going to have to assume, and that is, and that isn't code for take longer so we can bill more. No, that's not the code that we're going after. We're not no. look, because you know, again, an extra hour uh, a day it costs money, but but that's that's again, we make our, in the volume of things, not just an extra half an hour here and there. But my point that we're making is that the point that I'm trying to make is that we're training though those caregivers are going to. Uh, uh, they're going to to err on the side of caution, right? They're going to right. err on. Uh, they're going to make sure that they're doing the the checklist properly, going through the care plan, rather than we are asking them to perform tasks in an approved method, something that they have been trained to do that is acceptable as the safe way to go. Absolutely. So that's another area where it might feel like the caregivers are. T- are taking longer or they can, you know, make things f- faster. But again, there you're, how would put it in this, this, uh, I can't talk, I guess today, put it in this, put it in this type of relation. If you were walking into a stranger's home, how would you treat a stranger naked in the shower? There you go. Would you start rushing through everything and saying, Hey, let's go, let's go. Or would you, you know, would you rather, <laughs> Take your dear sweet time because God forbid they fall 
while getting out of the shower or putting on their clothes or, you know, this is, so it's better to, it's better to take a little bit longer and make sure somebody's safe than, than to go too quickly. So the point isn't necessarily, I think that all of a sudden all our three hour cases should really be four hour cases. Right. That's... It's that it's unlikely that when you start listing out the things that you think need to be done. Mm-hmm. It's better to assume that it's going to take a little bit longer period of time than it takes in your head. Exactly. And like if I can remember the exact way you went through that first, you wake up, you shut off the alarm, you put your slippers on, you get out, you go and you you went down that whole thing. What an elderly person that is common, a common situation to us, not everybody's this way. That elderly person wakes up. First, they're in bed. They're wearing Depends that they don't want to be wearing, but they need them for incontinence. So they're embarrassed about that. They may need to use an enabler bar and someone's help just to sit up on the edge of the bed. Now, you got to help them put their slippers on. they got to put their glasses on so they can see where they're going. And if they're hard of hearing, they got to put their hearing aids in so that you can communicate with them to get to the bathroom. Yeah. Now, you and I are probably in the shower at this point. You know, we've we've fast forwarded through a lot of this and then the person's up and then if they're taking a shower you have to take the hearing aids out and you got to take the glasses off and you got to make sure they're safe so it's all these little bitty things and you know things like I laugh because you know for me in the morning isn't it great when you're lazy and in a hurry to make a bed you just pull that comforter up you know well if you've got someone who has incontinence, A, you may have to strip the whole bed. There's probably an underliner that you got to make sure that's dry and safe and clean. And so there's all these little things. And the caregivers often are acutely aware that they are standing there next to the client while she's putting her glasses on or while he's putting his hearing aids in. And they're not actively seen as doing something. They're just standing there. And for someone who wants to be independent, they're not happy about that all the time. But that's the job of the caregiver to have them feel respected and listened to and safe and all of that. And you and I have talked in other um, podcasts about the fact that there are times that a client can do a lot of things themselves if they're given time, if they're given cueing, and if you're there for safety. It looks like the caregiver's not doing anything. And I like to use the analogy of the lifeguard. You know, you go to the pool and the lifeguard's up there in the chair and you say, man, that's a neat job. You just sit up there, get a tan and get paid. Well, if somebody goes onto the water, you want to hope there's somebody trained and know what they're doing that's right there to jump right in. The lifeguards, the firefighters, and the police officers. Exactly. I won't name names, but I know police officers that are asleep or dozing off at 3 o'clock in the morning in their cruiser because they're in a small town that nothing's going on. But when that robbery occurs or that accident occurs they're expected to be there in five seconds and they are you know what i mean like they yeah they just they you know that's part of the gig it's the same thing with the fire i mean all the firemen so? god bless them they yeah. go and you know someone falls the caregiver knows they're not supposed to lift a 200 pound person up by themselves they want to call the fire department non-emergency family's like no 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 a there's the cost or b if i go to the hospital i'll never come back home yep and then they say, oh, but they, and then they're going to send the trucks and the neighbors we don't are gonna need know. that yeah. and the neighbors are going to know. And I want to 
just share with people the reason the hook and ladder may come along to pick Nana up off the floor is not because they need a hook and ladder to pick up Nana. It's because the way the fire department works, their crew travels as a happy little pack so that if they get a call while they're at Nana's house, they've got everybody and they can hop in the truck after. It's not because they need all this stuff. Yeah. You know, they're doing their job, and they often will not turn on the sirens if they can help it. But if some goof won't move out of the way, they're going to turn their sirens on. Yeah. So it's just something to think about. And that, listen, there are certainly uh, exceptions to the rule, you know, but but if, if, if you're in the mind of thinking that um, you, all you need is a half an hour of help a day, um, that's going to be difficult to do in general because you're really going to have to rely on, uh, you know, finding a neighbor that's willing to help out or family's going to have to pick that up or something along those lines um, because it will be difficult with sh- uh, staffing shortages to be able to handle that. Um, but most, more importantly, there usually is other things that are going on that are taking longer than just the 15 minutes or the half an hour uh, questions that we get. And we do get those calls from time to time. And we're happy to speak with people about it and learn more. And I'm sure there are some of them that have it down to a pat where maybe all they really need is all I need is half an hour for somebody to come in to make my dad a nutritious meal three times a week and put it into Tupperware or maybe an hour, you know. And look in the pillbox and see if he took his pills. Yeah. And just yeah. and just report back. You don't even, you know. And those those situations, when those come up, we'll always try to get those filled because uh, we're happy to help out. And, and even if we're, uh, again, not, not breaking the bank on it, we're happy to help people out in general. And, um, and when people give us a call, we're here to provide them service. So... Yeah, I think the the best advice I could give people is if you're wondering how the time is actually being spent, call and ask. Any reputable agency should be able to tell you what their caregiver's doing and how long it's taken to do it. And are there some people that are maybe a little more efficient or they just have a certain chemistry with the caregiver yeah. so they do it 5 minutes fast? That could happen. But It's one of those things where I think a lot of our customers, if you will, they feel like they they don't know how it works. They are ignorant in a lack of knowledge way, and they're afraid to ask those questions. Say, what exactly happens during the time that's there? And you should get a decent answer. Absolutely. Or or worst case scenario. Spend the day and do it, your, do it yourself, not in a mean way, but if, if try it the first time a few times on your own to see how long it takes, and then you'll have an idea. Or hang around and watch what the caregiver is doing with your loved one for the first day or two to make sure, one, everything's going smoothly, and two, to see you know that, that you're paying for services that are, um, are actually being done rather than somebody coming in, helping somebody brush their teeth for 15 minutes, and then sitting on a couch for another two hours. Yeah. You know, that, Nobody wants that. We don't want that. So, uh, so you know, something to think about when you're you're looking into home care and writing up that list. Assume it's going to take a bit longer than than not. And then, of course, if you find out it's not taking as long, you can always cut back the hours. Yep. And like anything else, it always takes longer on the first visit because you're trying to figure out where the stuff is and how their routine works. Excellent. Well, thank you for that that point of view, Janet. Um, I think it's useful for people to kind of think about all the difficult things that come with uh, hiring on a home health aid company. So, excellent. Well, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Have a great one, everybody.